0: Well, we want to welcome you to Shelby Christian this morning on this holiday weekend. Can you stand with me? Find somebody that you don't know or that you haven't seen in a while and just give them a pat on the back, give them a handshake real quick, and we're going to worship the Lord this morning. Amen.
1: Christian Church. My name is Dennis Dove. I'm the executive minister here, and I'm excited that you guys are here. As a reminder, uh, after I pray, we have communion stations set up around that you can grab communion and the, the offering boxes are there. And the communion is double cups, so the, the breads in the bottom and then the juice up top. Uh, John 1513 uh, says that there's no greater love than to lay down uh, your life for a friend. So so uh, this Memorial Day weekend, we, we want to honor uh, that and all those that have have laid down their lives for us. Um, and then with that too, uh, I think I've told this story before, so apologize, I'm getting old, but it's what I think about, uh, every time I come to communion. When I was at Milligan, uh, in college, they had spiritual renewal week and, uh, sometimes they were really boring, but one of them, uh, there's a guy, Brendan Manning, that came and he spoke about a lot of different things, but he was in the Korean War and he had a friend, uh, Ken, it was his best friend growing up, you know, double dated, bought a car together, that kind of thing. Um, and they were sitting there. The next day, the infantry was going to go across this minefield. So it was their job to to go and clear out mines that night. It was about 3 in the morning, and they were getting ready to, to go out and do it when a hand grenade uh, came into their foxhole. And he said, we were just eating chocolate bars, waiting, talking. And his friend Ken put down his candy bar, smiled. And just jumped onto the grenade And it exploded And um, Brennan wasn't hurt His friend obviously died right there And He said that he went to his mom's house Like after that every year um, Just to talk And reminisce And uh, he went into a kind of a depression For a while And was talking to, to Ken's mom And said Do you think he loved me? And the mom's like, ah, you're just being silly. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, no. Do you think he loved me? And the mom, he said, it was kind of like a righteous anger, shook her finger and said, what more could he have done for you? What more could he have done for you? And I don't know what you're going through. I've had some dark times when I came out of the hospital and I couldn't do anything for myself. And I had those thoughts. You know, as God abandon me or, you know, does he love me? Why? Why me? Why this? And that picture just comes into my head of God sitting there who had sent Jesus down to die on the cross for me saying, what more could I have done for you? What more could he have done for you than to lay down his life? And every Sunday when I come to communion, that is what I think about. That's the vision in my head of God. Jesus sacrificed himself. His love for me, even though I don't deserve it. So no matter what you're going through, know of God's love. And that he lay down his life for you. Let's pray. Dear Father, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for those that have sacrificed for this country. And just pray for comfort and peace on their families. That they would know your love. I just thank you for Jesus. And when we honor those men, I just want to glorify you for the love that you have for us. What more could you have done for us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: you are, Lord. You're good. Give him praise this morning. We have a new song for you today. This song, it's very powerful. The title of it is Too Good to Not Believe. God is too good to not believe. Amen. Have you ever experienced a miracle in your life? Have you ever seen A miracle take place that you know without a doubt this is a miracle god has worked i think we all have seen in our lifetime god move in a special and mighty way if you haven't you can read his word and see time after time he's faithful he moves within the midst of his people amen so allow this message speak to your heart today and let it fill you and revive you to the place where miracles are possible. I've lived stories that approved proved your faithfulness.
2: I've seen miracles my mind can't
0: comprehend. There is beauty in what I can't understand. Jesus,
2: it's you. Jesus, it's you. Oh, I believe you're the one to work in God. You're the one to work God. All the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love. All the miracles we see, you're too good to not Just minute.
3: can't do it. Don't you tell me. Because some of you guys are sitting here today that had cancer and it's gone. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Some of you guys were on the verge of a broken family, a broken marriage, and you're here today and you're being reunited. Don't tell me he can't do it. Some of you guys sitting here spent time in prison. Spend time in rehabs because of your addiction and now you're clean don't tell me he can't do it don't tell me he can't do it some of you I've seen your prodigal come home don't tell me he can't do it because he's a big God he's a big God, who does big things when we worship Him in big ways. So can we go again? Can we pick it up at? uh, Don't you tell me He can't do it. Come on, I know you guys can pull that off. Don't you tell me He can't do it. Don't you tell. We got a big God, guys. We got a big, big God. We got a big God who wants to do big things, and I am convinced with all my heart that we are on the precipice of big things. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. And we need God. You know what it says? You know this saying? Go big or go home. Hey, listen, guys, we are living in a day and age where we the church the followers of christ we need to go big so that others can go home so that they can know and see the truth and and if the last two weeks don't tell you anything about that you're missing it just in the last two weeks in the last two weeks in buffalo new york 10 people murdered in a grocery store simply because of the color of their skin. That's evil. That's pure evil. The very next day in Laguna Woods, California, in Laguna Woods, a 68 year old Asian man walked into an Asian church and killed one and injured several others. That's evil. And then this week, oh my goodness. Oh My goodness to walk in a school and shoot innocent children. That is pure evil And we live in a world We live in a world where followers of jesus christ need to go big need to stand big need to live big so that others Can know that when this life is over They can go home years ago Stephen Curtis Chapman, I think one of the greatest songwriters of of recent history anyway, wrote a song that said this, said, Today I watched in silence as people passed me by. I strained to see if there was something hidden in their eyes. And they all looked at me as if to say, Life just goes on. The old familiar story in different ways, make the most of your own journey from the cradle to the grave. Dream your dreams tomorrow because today life must go on and there's more to this life than just living and dying more than just trying to make it through the day more to this life more than these eyes alone can see and there's more than this life alone can be over a decade ago, uh, one day we were in the office at work and Chuck Souter and Jason and I went to the Chinese restaurant up in town uh, to have lunch and I can't remember, I think it was actually Jason's fortune cookie that when we opened it up and read it inside, here's what it said on the inside of the cookie. The little strip of paper said, it could be better, but it's good enough. I still got that tape to my computer screen. I still have that there because I started thinking about it. We laughed about it and thought about how many things that could apply to. Well, my job could be better, but it's good enough. My, my health could be better, but it's good enough. My spouse could be better. Not really, but, but it could, it's good enough. Uh, my, my kids could be better, but, but they're good enough. My finances could be better, but it's good enough. My life could be better, but it's good enough. It's been said that the reality of your life can be represented or is represented by the dash on your tombstone in between your birth date and your death date. What do you want that dash to look like? I I, I kind of, the more I've thought about this whole idea, I want it to be a big dash. I, I don't want no little dash. I want it to be a big, thick, heavyweight, bold dash. Do you want your life to be good enough? Or what would it look like if you went big? What would it look like if you decided to really go big for Jesus? You know, when Jesus came in John chapter 10 and said, Hey, there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and abundant life, a great life. Did anybody in that day say, no, this is good enough. We're good. We're good. No, we want a big life, but do we understand what that looks like? The key to big life is understanding that it is bigger than your life. You being able to be, to live a big life is dependent on you understanding that it's bigger than your life. It's gotta count for something more. I don't know about you, I want this life to count. I think that's what God wants. And so it's time, I think, to go big so that others can go home. 61 years ago on June 27th, so a little bit less than a month from now, my life began. And I don't know if my parents actually took the time to ask this question, but I wonder how that life would count. Uh, On September the 13th, this year, it will be 51 years since my life in Christ began. How is it going to make my life as a Christian count? Now, the reality is it was actually 43 years ago on July the 4th. That my Christian life took on a whole new meaning and I consciously grasped the idea of a relational God, of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and, and how, how can I make this life count? 41 years ago, on April 17th, just a, a couple weeks ago, actually it was Easter Sunday this year, but 41 years ago, I gave in and told God, that i'd be a youth minister until jesus came back just don't ever ask me to preach or be a missionary (laughs) god's got a funny sense of humor but how did that make my life count august 16th this year it'll be 36 years that my life changed forever how was i going to make my new life as a husband count A couple years later and then again, two more years later, two beautiful human beings came into my life that I was responsible for. And I had to wrestle with the question, how am I going to make my life as a dad count? And and now time has passed and there's a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law and four precious granddaughters that I love dearly. And I want my life to count. To be a model for those that I love, for those that are watching, because someone's always watching. So I want to go big. I want to go big. I want to go big so a lot of people can go home. But more than anything else, my responsibility is to go big so those people that I mentioned can go home. That's the mission field that God sent me to. And it's the mission field he sent you to. It's the mission field that he sent us as parents and grandparents to Is to make sure that those in our life that really matter to us When this life is over That they get to go home That we go big in a way that they get to go home Because they've seen something in our life Are you willing to use those defining moments To create more defining moments So that you can go big Take those defining moments. We've all got defining moments in our life. You know what a defining moment is, right? It's moments that mold you. Moments that change you. Moments that are forever embedded in your life. What are some of your moments? Maybe you've never really taken the time to think about that. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to. I want to challenge you to make a list what are the defining moments? Maybe you need to get it out on your phone Maybe you need to go on your phone or in your in your calendar and, and when you figure out what those dates are Maybe you need to go into that date and make an anniversary note that this was a date that something big happened That something huge happened that it was a defining moment not only on that day, but for the rest of my life What are those big moments and are you? Willing to use those defining moments to create more defining moments and go big So today we, we just want to kind of kick this thing off that we're going to do for the next four weeks and, and we'd like to begin today by challenging you to ask yourself a lot of questions About your life About your life This is not a day to point fingers and to look at somebody else's life This is a this is a day to to close your eyes and really do some inspection Internally, about your life and about where it's going and the first big question that I think we need to deal with that you need to deal with is are you living or just existing there's a difference between the two because if all you're doing is living you, you will never go big if all you're doing is existing, you will never go big But when you take those defining moments and you say this I want my life to count I want the dash to be thick and bold and long. I want to make a difference That's when you're really living Because life is bigger than us and in that life In that life and I realized that on a Sunday morning in church That there's a good chance that the, the majority of people that I or any other person that speaks is going to be talking to are people that have onboarded, or at least they think they have. they at some time in their life said, I believe in God. They probably at some point in their life have said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and I'm going to give my life to him. But are they living or just existing in that life See, God wants us all to be changed The, the process, the, 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 the spiritual word, word for that is to be sanctified To be taken and made pure it, it, It's getting out all the impurities That's what the word means Is to, to get all the dirt out of something To get the impurities out of something To make it as pure as it can possibly be And that's what God wants for our life and so for us to be sanctified, he has given us some instructions, some, some, some guidelines for that process. If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to open up back two-thirds, three-fourths of the way through the New Testament to the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'm going to read several verses at the beginning of that. But in this in this book, in this letter, Paul is instructing the, the people in the church. He's, this is a letter written to church people, so it applies to us. He's instructing them about how they need to live as followers of Christ. Look what he says, starting in verse 1. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact you are currently living Now we ask you And then he goes And we urge you You know you might even think he's saying And I'm begging you I'm begging you of asking I'm begging you in the Lord Jesus To do this more and more You might underline more and more Because it's going to come up again All right, Because he said don't stop Don't think that you're like You checked a box And can say I'm good He's like, no, it's, it's like that needs to be on your every week to do list to do it more and more and to keep doing and to keep making those moves for, you know, what instructions we gave you by the authority of Lord Jesus. Verse three, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Underline that word sanctified. And then he says this, that you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen do. You're supposed to be different. Who do not, people who do not know God act that way. And that, that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother, take advantage of them, murder them, attack school buildings and churches and grocery stores. Nobody should do that. The Lord will punish men for all such sins. As we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Underline holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but reject God. Stop it. Did you hear that? That when we choose to go against... When we choose to openly defy, when we choose to deny by our actions the one who died for us, that we aren't rejecting man, we aren't rejecting man's laws, we're rejecting God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now about brotherly love. We do not need to write you for you yourselves have been taught by god to love each other And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout macedonia yet. We urge you brothers to do this more and more So it's really cool. Paul kind of throws in a hey, this is great. This is great. You guys are doing awesome You guys are doing fantastic You're showing love to other brothers and sisters in christ and keep carrying that out. Don't stop Don't stop. In fact, not only don't stop but do it more and more and in verse 11 Make it your ambition your goal your desire To live a quiet life To mind your own business to work with your hands just as we told you so that Your daily life the way that every day going about your daily life routine May win respect of outsiders So that you will not be dependent on anybody see the struggle for the holy life is real. It's intriguing to me that when you go back to verse 3 and even in verse 7, it's intriguing to me that Paul describes the holy life by connecting it to sexual purity. Because he knew, God knew as he's inspiring this, Paul had already been living the Christian life, he had been leading in churches, and so the fact that he's writing this to a group of church people A group of Christ followers And he felt the need to remind them About their sexual purity Tells me that there was an issue With their sexual purity within the church Because it is such a temptation It is such a tool Of the adversary And so he said If you're going to live a holy life You you need to get this right And and living this holy life It's hard If it was hard (coughs) In Thessalonica 60 70 80 BC or AD uh, after Christ's death if it was hard without the internet without magazines without movies without nightclubs if it was hard then why are we surprised that it's hard now We're bombarded by it, even in seemingly innocent commercials for innocent things. What's the sales pitch? Almost always. Almost always. Some good looking guy. And so I quit doing those commercials. (laughs) Some beautiful woman. Selling hamburgers Come on Satan knew that's where he could trip us all up He knew that And so th- this, this kind of holy life This kind of pure life It's a struggle And And too many times Too many times especially Although not always But especially in our younger Early adult years On Friday night, go big or go home means something. And I'm going to tell you this, on those Friday nights, when you're given the option of go big or go home, go home alone. Go home. If it's ever a question, should I go big or go home? Go home. Go home over and over again. Because our Genesis 3 world is trying to change God's definition of a holy life. Let's be very, very, very clear about something this morning. God loves all people. All people. Can we understand that? God loves all people. But he doesn't love the sexual choices that a lot of people are making today. Love God love people. See, here's where our world has become. When, when we say that from the stage, love God, love people. When we say it in the community, we put it on bumper stickers. We're out there. You know what the community wants? You know what the world wants? They really want the love people part. Well, let's just all get along. Let's just love each other. Just love, be kind. Just love each other. The world wants love people without the love of God. Because for that phrase to really work and in turn to be able to change the world, the only way we can truly love people is to love God first and then love people like he loved us and then that will change the world. And so we're called to live Holy lines a friend of mine told me this week That this this past week he was out Driving in the state and he saw uh, A church sign and you know sometimes The things on the church signs are kind of hokey Or whatever but sometimes they're really Good he was telling me about this sign that he Saw this week that said sin and it was Capital s-i-n sin Is a little word Underneath it said but it's Sentence is long Wow It's real world But because God loves all people, get this, because God loves all people, he is a patient God. He's a patient God. Peter said it this way in 2 Peter chapter 3, he said, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. And the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient. Underline this next part. For your sake. God is being patient for your sake. That, that God that the world thinks is evil and wants us to, and is this cosmic killjoy that doesn't want us to get anything. He wants to rule over us. No, look, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone anyone to be destroyed or to perish but wants everyone to what repent but the day of the lord will come unexpectedly as a thief does and then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment god's patient God wants us to change. God wants those people that we're going to love like he loved us. He wants them all to change. He wants them all to change. I'm, I wish, and maybe this is a universal prayer. We all need to start praying. We need to pray every Saturday night that every person in Shelby County that is living a life that is far from the will of God would show up for church on Sunday. Because if they don't show up and I don't care what they're wearing I don't care how they acting. because if they don't show up to hear the truth, they're in trouble But god's being patient so that we can get out and do what we're supposed to be doing and invite them to come in There's a banquet invite them to come in everybody to come in So that god not us not me preaching not jason preaching not bobby preaching, We ain't none of us that good only god can change a man's heart But he can't do that If they don't hear his word. And so we need to invite him in. And so we need to remember that he is patient because he wants. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But as long as we're being real and honest today, the truth is some will. Some will not because of what God has done, but because of what they have chosen to do. Their choice, their choice. He's patient, though. He wants all to repent, but don't be mistaken. He is coming back. No warning. No, no time. He's coming, and you better get it together, and you better get it right. Oh, I'm gonna. I, got, I just got some more things I want to do I just got some more things Dave Or when I get my life together Dave When, when I stop doing this When I stop smoking, drinking, cussing Whatever it is that I'm running around Whatever When I get that together Then I'm going to give my life to God No you won't No you won't Because you will never get it together without God You'll never get it together without God. But that holy life, it's a struggle. And we want to be a community of changed lives with undeniable influence. And one of the ways that we do that is by focusing on spiritual transformation. Guys, I love it. I love it when I get to see you on Sunday morning. I love it when the seats are full. And We still got more chairs that we haven't put back out. So let's fill them up and we'll get all the chairs out I love seeing people in church But being a follower of Christ goes beyond coming to church on Sunday morning one of the ways That we do it Is by making disciples who make disciples If it was just coming and putting in one hour out of the hundred and sixty eight, you got a week That'd be easy it's easy to come kind of put your time in, get the check mark. But you guys have heard me say it before, it's an old saying, sitting in church on Sunday morning doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in your garage makes you a car. It's all about how we live because if we're going to be disciples that make disciples that make disciples, you know, that phrase more and more, more and more that was there in the text that we need to be making more and more disciples, disciples who make disciples, people who are really following Jesus with their life. Disciples of Jesus live holy lives that call us to live big, big, holy lives. But it's a struggle, especially when you realize that Jesus said that if you even have one sexual thought about someone that you're not married to you're committing sin and then he went on with a whole list of other things he's like you got to get your whole self right and paul says we need to be sanctified that we need to be made made pure all the world says just go ahead not gonna hurt anything just go ahead not gonna matter doesn't matter you can do it you can do it well years ago i heard a guy named jeffrey johnson say just because you can jump doesn't mean you have to just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to God wants us to live holy lives Now let's move on to the text because he also calls us It's really interesting he, he calls us to have the ambition to a quiet life Now th- there's a dilemma there There's a somewhat of a dilemma there potentially Because we're supposed to tell people about Jesus While being instructed to live a quiet life But here's how they go together And here's how it makes sense When we focus on uh, a life bigger than our own, there are times that we just need to remain quiet and not interfere in other people's lives unless we're truly there to help. In the recovery world, one of the 12 steps says this. It says that you need to make amends to those who you have done wrong, who you have harmed. Unless doing so will bring more harm to you or others or harm them even more And in which case you need to keep your mouth shut for a while And let God open the right door at the right time Paul is telling us that if we stay busy with life Doing what we're called to do and the way we're called to do it That we don't have time to gossip about other people's lives We don't have time to talk about what somebody else is doing Because we're watching what we're doing We're we're trying to keep our life. We're trying to clean our side of the street. And so our ambition should be to live in quiet peace with all people and with God. Because sometimes, sometimes it's the smallest things that we do that end up making the biggest difference. Sometimes it's the small things that you and I can do. That unleash the, the small faith that we might have, that mustard seed kind of faith that we might have, that unleashes a mountain moving God, an ocean parting God, a dead man walking God, just by a little faith and following Him. I love the the message translation. The Book of Psalms, verse thirty or chapter thirty six says this: God's love is meteoric. Everybody say meteoric. Come on, you got to participate better than that His love is astronomic Say astronomic Astronomic. His purpose, titanic Titanic. His verdicts, oceanic. oceanic Yet in his Largeness, nothing gets Lost, not a man Not a mouse slips through the cracks That's a big God, right? Amen That's a big God And so what would happen If we went big? What would happen if we went big? There's power in a respectful life. Let's finish this up. At the, at the end of it, he talks about living respectful lives so that outsiders can see. In, in Colossians chapter 4, Paul said this. He said, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Dave, I don't. I I don't know what to say if they ask me this or that. They ask me what it means. I don't know what to say. You you see what Paul said here? It says if you just live a life that's full of grace, full of grace, and it's seasoned with salt, that's purified by God. Then when the time comes, when the door swings open, He'll tell you what to say. He'll put the words in. And don't tell me He can't do it because we just sang that He could. Don't tell me he can't do it In first timothy chapter 3 paul wrote to timothy He said he must also have a good reputation with outsiders So that you will not fall into disgrace And into the devil's traps guys. Here's why that's so important Here's why that's so important because people are always watching People are always watching And yeah, Sometimes it's negative, because they'll catch you doing all the wrong things. They'll catch you from the simplest thing, like me flying by you at 80 miles an hour in a 55. Somebody's going to see. Uh, they'll, they'll catch you reacting to the little girl at McDonald's who messed up your order, because Instead of ordering what was on the menu you had four special things you wanted done to your burger and they didn't get it right And the way that you react to her people are watching People are watching and people will see but they're also watching (laughs) Get this they're also watching When they see you caring for someone When they see you helping someone at walmart Who just dropped everything And instead of calling for a cleanup on aisle six, you're the cleanup. And people are watching. And people are seeing that. You know who's watching the most, parents? Your kids are watching. Your kids are watching. So live in such a way that people see. And God will give you the words to say when you need to say them. I I am sure, 100% confident. That Joel Osteen and I would not agree on a lot of things theologically. But I do appreciate his desire to challenge people to enjoy life, to enjoy a big life. In his book, Your Best Life Now, he, he lists seven suggestions on how to live your best life, and I like these. Number one, enlarge your vision. Enlarge your vision. It's like the prayer of Jabez. God enlarge my vision so I can see the world around me and see the needs around me The second thing is to develop a healthy self-image You know, what are we told to do? Love others as you love yourself? That's the second greatest command. Well, if you don't love yourself, I don't want you loving me that way So have a healthy self-image Discover the power of your thoughts Of the difference that you can make this is when we all need. Let go of the past. Let go of the past. We all got stuff. And, and if you don't realize that you've got stuff, you, it's because you haven't dealt with your stuff and you've still got it. We've all got stuff. Let go of it. Let go of the past. Find strength through your through the adversity you go with. Live in such a lie a way that you can give to others I love Dave Ramsey's live like no one else so eventually you can live like no one else and when you get to that point and you can give and you can share and I love having conversations with some of you guys that are talking about I just want to get these financial things taken care of and out of the way in my life so I can really give in a huge way live to give and then just choose to be happy just choose joy just choose joy Scheduled joy a friend of mine chad goucher preaches at a large church out in the phoenix area chad's a little bit younger than me and a couple years ago we had been on a trip together and he came home just wasn't feeling right this is actually pre-covid he just wasn't feeling right and started going in and having some tests run and found out that he's got a terrible lung disease that eventually he's need- going to need a double lung transplant he has gone through so many tests and treatments on a regular basis and still stands up and preaches every Sunday about joy. And choose joy has become his mantra. In fact, they, he and his wife write a blog and they talk about scheduling joy. Just looking on your calendar and say, I'm going to be happy here. I'm going to schedule to be happy here. I'm going to choose to appreciate what I have here. I'm going to choose joy. If we could just get the majority of those things going on and give it all to God, I think we'd be living a life that counts. What our world needs, what our world needs is a big savior. And so it's time for the church It's time for Shelby Christian Church. It's time for the church to go big so that others can go home. I'm going to pray and then share a couple things, and then we're going to sing our way out. When we get to the end and we're we're standing and singing, if you need to talk to someone about a decision to accept Christ, to just have somebody pray with you, There's going to be some folks back in the decision room back there. And I just encourage you while we sing or as soon as we're done singing and we leave, make your way back there. And let's work on some things so that we can go big. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for the cross and the empty tomb. And thank you so much that no matter what the world says can't happen, We've seen miracles. We've experienced it. And we know that you can do it. Help us to live big lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the deal. If this is your first time here, we're glad you're here. Stop out in the lobby at the I Am New Wall. We got something new this summer. We're going to read through the New Testament this summer. There are cards like this that are out in the lobby. Pick one of them up. Uh, June 1st is Wednesday. Also, there's a little QR code. You can go in there, and Bobby's writing a daily devotion that goes along with this. We'll tell you how to get on with that. And Pathways is coming a week from Tuesday, June 7th. Let's all stand. Let's worship together. If you need to go talk to somebody, J- Jason and some others will be back uh, in the decision room back there. Head back there while we worship.